message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Final part, probably, of our series, which we have called um, Removing the Rocks. And uh, looking at what gets in the way of God's work in our lives. And uh, I've spent a good amount of time preparing that message uh, in the last couple of weeks particularly. Uh, and praying and uh, done a lot of work on that. And uh, I was looking over it again this morning uh, early and uh, really looking forward to bringing it. And then we had worship this morning. And, <laughs> and I felt God speaking to me as we were worshipping this morning. And uh, there are a number of great prophetic words and contributions that came. And uh, I feel God wants to highlight some of those things to us this morning. And uh, I feel he wants me to speak from Ephesians chapter 3, which is not what I expected, not what I planned, but I'm trying to be obedient to the Lord. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that in me trying to be obedient to what I feel God's saying to us, uh, you will give me some grace for that. That was a question. I'm hoping for an answer. Thank you. And um, I'm hoping together that, um, that as we look at these, these few verses that God is going to continue to speak to us because this is not separate from what God said already, okay? I, I'm trying to, I, what I'm, I'm feeling God speaking about is, is moving on from what we've already heard from this morning, okay? So if you've got a Bible, can you turn please to Ephesians chapter 3? Verse 14, no, verse uh, 16, I think. Yeah, verse 16. We're going to read some verses together, and then I'm going to pray very hard. (laughs) And then we're going to see what God has for us. Okay? Ephesians 3, verse 16. I pray, this is Paul writing, okay? I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for speaking to us already this morning. Thank you for being so near to us, being so close to us, for speaking to us. And now I pray, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us from your words. As we open up these verses and spend a few moments looking at them together, I want to pray that you would speak to us. Father, as I'm seeking to be obedient to your prompting, I pray now that you might come. (laughs) You come to me uh, and you come to us together, that we may hear what you have for us and not miss it this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 
So if you've got your Bibles in front of you, keep them in front of you. We're going to look at some verses together. But in verse 17 here, Paul says, he talks about being rooted. You see that? He says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. And that's why I feel God wants to talk to us about this morning. Being rooted and established in love. Being rooted in him. Now we had some superb words this morning, didn't we? And there's a tongue that, um, that was brought, that uh, Naomi brought and John brought an interpretation of that tongue. Now a tongue is, like, is a heavenly language. It's a gift that the Holy Spirit gives us to help us worship God. To help us. It's a Godward thing. It helps us worship him. And it's our spirit worshipping the Lord. And uh, it's great to have an interpretation of that. In fact, the Bible is very clear. When that's brought publicly, we should have an interpretation of that. So it can help us understand what's been expressed. And that's what happened this morning. Naomi brought the, this, uh, this, this tongue, as we call it, and John brought the interpretation. And it lifted our hearts, and it? it helped us worship God together. And so there's that, and there, there are words uh, about the, the vastness of God's love. The, if it's such a word, hugeness. Those of you who are teachers are cringing, but there we are. Bear with me. And uh, there, there are words about how vast is God's love, how, how, how big is it, how we should, as it were, jump into it uh, and throw ourselves upon it. And uh, Paul talks about some of these things here, doesn't he? He talks about um, how, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And this is what he wants us to be rooted into. He's writing to this, this church here. He's writing uh, and to us indeed this morning. And he's talking about being rooted in God's love. Being established in it. So you might ask the question, well, why is that important? Why is it important that we might be rooted in the love of God? What's all, what's all that about? Well, I think there are two things here. If you imagine that you are a gardener, most of you are probably better gardeners than I am. It's not hard. But you know that you, for a plant to grow, it needs to have good root, a good root system, doesn't it? And it needs to push itself down and find the nutrients in the soil. And it's in order that it might grow. It's in order that it might develop into all that it's meant to be. So you plant a small seed or you plant a, you know, a cutting maybe you've taken from another plant and you, you want it to establish roots, go deep and grow into all it's meant to be, don't you? You know, if you've got a cutting from a friend or maybe you bought a small plant from the garden centre on Saturday afternoon and you've planted it in your garden, you're expecting things to change, aren't you? You're not wanting it to stay the same. Now, you spent your £4.99 at the garden centre, and you've brought this plant home, you've dug around, you've planted it well, you've put some fertiliser around it, and you've even watered it. You're expecting something to happen, aren't you? You're not expecting it to stay the same. You're expecting it to grow. That is not an unreasonable expectation, is it? We, we would do that. But for us, as we are rooted in the love of God, the expectation is that we grow into all that God has for us, that we don't stay the same. God accepts us as we are, 
but his power comes to us in order that we might change and become all that he wants us to be. And so God wants us to grow in him. But as well as that, as well as growing, we are designed to bear fruit. Just as if you had bought a fruit tree from the garden centre and planted that, you would expect it to bear fruit, wouldn't you? You know, you'd be quite cross if you'd spent your hard-earned money on said fruit tree, and, you know, months or a year or so later, there was no sign of anything. You know, you'd be thinking, where's that receipt? Can I, you know, I can take it back and get a refund? This is not what I paid good money for. You expect it to bear fruit. And you know what? As Christians, God wants us to bear fruit as well. Listen to what Jesus says. It's recorded for us in John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Friends, Jesus wants us to bear fruit. It's not just to meander through life, not just to put our trust in Jesus and say, well, I'm good for heaven now. (laughs) You know, I've got my heaven ticket, I'm good to go. Not at all. That's just the beginning. We're saved for a purpose, not just for an eternal destiny. Yes, we have that eternal destiny, and that is secure once we put our trust in Jesus. But, friends, God has things for us before we get there. And the things he has for us is to bear fruits, to be fruitful. That's what he wants for us. And so he wants us to be rooted and established in his love in order that we might bear fruit. In order that we might be fruitful for him. So let's continue in this passage in Ephesians chapter 3. Turn back to it if you've still got it there. Verse 16, Paul says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you. Do you remember the... um, the interpretation that, that John brought to Naomi's tongue talks about riches, isn't it? And like a tr- sort of treasure chest was the imagery, if I, if I remember it rightly. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. God is well able to strengthen you. He has all that he needs to do it. Everything that is required for him to strengthen you today in the situation that you find yourself, in the circumstances that you are facing, God is able. He has all the resources that he needs to be able to come to you and strengthen you and empower you to live for him in the situation you find yourself. You might think, but how can it work out? How can it be? Surely not even God can solve this one. That's not what the Bible says, friends. I pray that out of his glorious riches, and believe me, 
There's a lot of them. He may strengthen you. So this morning, God wants to remind you of the glorious riches that he has. The glorious riches that he has in order to strengthen you, to come to you, to empower you, to live for him. Everything that you need to live for Jesus, he's going to give to you. It's his power. It says elsewhere in the New Testament that his power that comes to you and lives in you in order that you might live for him is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. That's quite a lot of power. I don't know how you measure such things. Those of you who are engineers can tell me afterwards. But whatever meter you use, whatever measurement you might describe it as, it's huge. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you to live for him. It's wonderful, isn't it? So I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. God wants to strengthen you. He wants to come to you. He wants you to be strong in him and for him. He wants you to know the power of the spirit at work in your life. He wants you to be strong and he provides all that is needed for you to be. There are some things that are helpful along the way for us to do. We often talk about them. Reading God's word, for example. That's good. And that helps us. That helps us encounter him. As we do that, he strengthens us. As we pray and as we worship, as we speak in tongues and and lift our voices to him. He strengthens us. Do you notice it's him that strengthens us as we do those things? It's not about your effort. It's about his power. All we're doing is putting ourselves in a position to receive his power. It's aligning ourselves to the will of, will of heaven and saying, okay, Lord, I'm in a position now where I can receive your power. As I read your word, as I worship, as I, as I lift my uh, heart and spirit and pray out in tongues, as I, as I pray and I spend time with you, we're saying, Lord, I, I'm positioning myself to receive your power. And it's his power that is at work within you. It's good, isn't it? I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. It is through the spirit, isn't it? It is through the spirit that comes to us. He goes on. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This morning I feel God would say to us that he is looking for a place to dwell. He is looking for a place to dwell. He's looking for hearts that he might dwell in. In John 14, 23, Jesus says this, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Another version uses the word dwell with him. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and dwell with him. 
It's like the father's looking for a place to dwell this morning. My question is this, does he find that in your heart? Does he find in your heart a place to dwell? Can he dwell in you? Because that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. We've said it before, haven't we? In Old Testament times, people went to the temple. That's where God dwelt. That's where his presence was. In the, in the temple. That was, that was the focus of Israelite worship, wasn't it? Because that's where the presence of God was. That's where he dwelt. Now, he dwells in our hearts by his Spirit. He's looking for somewhere to dwell, somewhere to be, somewhere to be at home. I wonder, would, would the Spirit find somewhere to be at home in your heart? Is your heart a welcoming place to him? Can he make his home in you and with you. He's looking for somewhere to dwell so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then Paul goes on, I pray that you being rooted and established in love, as you're rooted, as you're established in love, that you may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. That's what we were singing about this morning, wasn't it? Your love is higher, your love is wider. And so the song went on. That's what Paul is talking about here. That's what we were singing and worshipping about. Don't you want to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ? Don't you want your mind to expand to be able to understand that? Well, it's it's beyond us. But what Paul is saying here is that we can understand more than we do now. We can grow in this. As as he dwells in us and with us, then we might have power to understand and to grasp these things. How wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And just when you think you've got it sussed, he's going to show you more. Just when you think, ah, oh, I've got it now. I get it how big and wide and, uh, and deep is the love of God. He'll show you more. Because there is always more, isn't there? And that's what he wants to do this morning. But it goes on. You may have power together with all the saints to grasp how, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love surpasses knowledge. It's, it's, it's bigger than knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We sometimes use that phrase, don't we, talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the presence of God. That's what he wants to do this morning. That you might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And friends, as, as this happens, as God does this, in us. As we're filled to the measure that God has for us, as, we, as he comes to us, as he finds a place to dwell in our hearts, we become more rooted in him. And you see, the thing about being rooted in him is that we're able to face the winds and the waves that come. Jesus told a parable, I think I referred to it a week or two ago, um, that two people who built houses, 
One was on the sand. One was a rock. And the one that had the solid foundation of rock, where the winds and rain came, it stood, and the one on the sand just fell flat. It's been the anniversary this week of the great storm. Do you remember the great storm of, was it 1985? 87. It was October, wasn't it? It was October 87. Some of you weren't even born there. So let me give you a history lesson. Those of you who think it's ancient history. 1987, okay? I was at school and um, the weather forecast one evening was it'll be fine. That's a summary. Michael Fisher, isn't it, I think? And we woke up the following morning Actually, after my friend had prayed that something would happen so she didn't have to hand in her homework that she hadn't done. <laughs> I'm <a> powerful prayer. <laughs> anyway, we woke up the following morning. Her prayer had been answered. And there was much devastation, particularly across the south of England where I was living at the time. And we saw it on the news and roads were closed and schools were closed. I remember my school was closed and... I remember my dad and I went round to our church to see the damage that had been done there and, and put some things straight. And, and it, it caused massive damage. This huge storm came. We were reminded of it again this week. You may have seen it in the newspapers on television. But what was interesting is that some trees fell flat and other trees stood firm. And there's much discussion about why was it that some trees stood firm? Even some of the oaks in Seven Oaks fell flat, and it wasn't Seven Oaks anymore, it was whatever it was, Four Oaks or something. <laughs> but some trees stood firm. And I think some of the st- trees that stood firm were right on the coast. And if you know the coast to the south of England, there's an area called Dungeness. It's quite a remote place. And there's some trees that were on this remote, really sort of headland, if you like, that survived the storm. There was much debate afterwards as to why was it that these trees stood firm. And what was found was they had deep roots. And over the years, they'd learnt that they need to put their roots down far in order to handle the, the, the wind that would come because they were in such a remote place. And then when the great storm of 87 came, they were ready for it. They knew what it was like to be buffeted by the wind. And their roots had gone down deep. And so when the great storm came and trees were falling all around them, they wobbled a little bit. But they stood firm. Because their roots had gone down deep. Do you see where I'm going with this? If you want to understand the storms of life, and there will be storms. Maybe you're in a storm today. Maybe you're not. Life has all sorts of storms that come to us. The wind and the rain. Buffet us. Circumstances challenge us. Unexpected situations. Things people say or happen around us. Be it with our family or friends or in our work situation. Things happen, don't they? I want to ask you, how deep are your roots? How deep are your roots? Because if your roots go deep, if you're rooted and established in love, 
as Paul talks about here in Ephesians 3, then when that comes, and it will, you you might fall a little bit like the tree, but you'll stand firm because your roots go deep. And I believe that's what God wants to do this morning, is to, I don't know if this is an accurate term or not, but it feels like the phrase I've got is God wants to stretch our roots. They might go deeper in Him. I caught a little bit of, uh, of Julie's word earlier as well. And she's talking about, you know, it feels like you're climbing a mountain and you think, oh, how's, how's this going to work? <laughs> whether you feel like you're climbing a mountain or whether you feel like you're being buffeted this morning, God wants your roots to go deep in Him. And part of why we do that is to allow Him to dwell in our hearts, to give Him room. Get rid of the other stuff that takes up space and give him room to dwell in our hearts. Has he got room this morning? Are you giving him room in your heart to dwell in order that you might be rooted and established in love? You know, as that happens, you get to see how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Friends, we're going to pray in a moment. And I want us to pray that we might be strengthened in him, that we might have roots that go deep, that we might be able to face the wind and rain that comes. And in so doing, have a story to tell about the goodness of God. Amen? Because as we stand firm, as the wind and rain comes, as we're buffeted by circumstances and challenges, as we stand firm, people say, why is it that you're you're still okay with this? You know, this this redundancy notice that's gone out to everybody and we're all facing the same thing. Why is it that you seem to be okay with it? You're facing the same thing, but why is it? What's going on in your heart? You know what the answer is, don't you? Because he dwells in you and your roots go deep. And you have a story to tell about his goodness, about his grace. And so this is not just a thing for us. As God does this in us, he gives us stories to tell of his goodness. As we tell stories of his goodness, then his kingdom is further established. And other people get to hear about it. So it's not just for us. It's about those who don't yet know Jesus. And there's plenty of people like that. So I want us to pray, and our band are going to come back in a, you know, just now, I think. That would be great. Thank you. And I want us to pray this morning that we might be rooted in him, well established in him, that our roots may go deep, in order that we might have a story to tell about his goodness and grace. Does that sound good? Okay, let's stand together. <clears throat> Paul, can I have that mic, please? Thank you. Rupert, do you just want to bring something before I, before I pray? Thank you. Is that, is that on, guys?
I didn't have the magic tap. <laughs> I felt um, just a couple of things, actually, as, as Graham was bringing that message to us. Uh, the first is that when those, when those trees went down, we can be pretty sure that there will have been some that were just out in the middle of nowhere and didn't affect others. But for others, uh, when they went down, they will have taken other trees with them. And this isn't a, a condemnation kind of word, but it's just an awareness that for, for many of us, um, for all of us really, actually, in this community of, of believers, if, if our roots aren't deep and, and we go down, if I go down, there's a risk that I'll take other people with me. Yeah. And, you know, and, and even in heads of families, you know, fathers and, 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 and mothers out there, you, if, if you go down, you're, you, you can affect your, your child, your, your brothers and sisters walk with God. I, I know when I, I had a wobble uh, about eight years back or so, and I ended up kind of leaning a bit on my sister at the time, and, and actually that put her under a bit of pressure. And I'm just I'm being quite open with you now because I don't think my roots were deep enough at the time. I was very zealous for God, but my roots weren't really deep enough in Him. So just to be aware that you know we're, we're not we're not in isolation. You know we're in a community. We are a, a, a forest, a, a growing a growing woodland, and if we go down, we'll take others. The other thing actually was about um, bearing fruit, and I'm not much of a gardener either. I'm, I'm willing to learn, but I've uh, been given this uh, tomato plant from a seedling, and it's grown, and I've watered it, and I've been excited, and it's in the window, and it's, it's getting fantastic. But somebody told me that there's going to come a point when flowers are going to start appearing, and you're going to need to snip off some of the branches. And they told me that if you do that, then that will produce, that will encourage the plant to kind of produce fruit. I nodded my head and thought, okay, I'll do that. But then I looked at the plant, it was growing and there were flowers, and I thought, oh, I, I can't really bring myself to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got bigger, there are more flowers, there is still no fruit. And <laughs> I just felt God brought that to mind because actually he wants fruit, not flowers. And because I couldn't bring myself just to just to prune, just to knit that plant, it's, it's grown big and it smells great but it's not kind of fulfilling its purpose and we're not going to have any tomatoes to eat and I just really wanted to encourage you that if you're going through a season where it feels like somebody has come to you and has said you know they're speaking the truth in love as it says later in Ephesians and, and, they, and they've kind of snipped away and you like, ah, that hurt a bit there's that bit of change if it's been spoken in love just to say that's okay because God is about the process of bearing through fruit through your lives through our lives yeah and I, I say this gently, and, and, and I just submit this to Graham as well, but and life group leaders, if you know the people you care for, you can see that there's a, a situation there, and you feel like, oh, I feel I need to speak into that in love and, and just help them with that or some aspect, then I feel God's sort of releasing you to do that. You know, it's, it's for our benefit. It's so that we will bear fruit, and if I, I think... You know, if we're not part of a community group and we're not, we're just going to grow a bit wild and we're never going to fulfill that. So let's be open to that ourselves as individually. Let's be in community groups where people can speak in truth and love to us. And and those of us who are in positions of care and oversight, in love, do it. Great. Thanks, mate. Okay, let's pray. Yeah, Lord Jesus, this morning we say that we want to bear fruit. For you. Lord, we want our roots to go deep in you. Lord, we don't want to grow wild on our own. <laughs> we don't want to 
not have been pruned at the right time or got ready for what you have for us. And so this morning, Holy Spirit, we say that we submit ourselves to you. And we say, would you come and dwell in our hearts? Would you find in us uh, (coughs) hearts that are open to you, that have room for you, that want you to dwell here? In order, Lord, that our roots might go deep in you, that we might be able to stand when the wind and the waves and the tests come. And, Lord, we might have a story to tell of your goodness and your grace. So come do something in us this morning, please. As we worship you now, as we lift our hearts to you, Lord, let our roots go deep as we do that. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Let's let's worship the Lord. As we do this, I feel that as we give our hearts to him, as we give ourselves to him, it's like you're you're putting down roots. It's like you're pushing your roots further down and saying, Lord, I want to go deeper in you. Let's give ourselves to him now. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.